Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast, where we strive to bring you useful and timely information to inspire and encourage you on your journey with histiocytosis. This is episode 16, introducing the Histiocytosis Association's Ambassador Program. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Wisniewski. It's not often that we get to talk about a new program that the association has launched, but when we do, it's a very exciting time for us. Recently, the association launched our brand new ambassador program, and we couldn't wait to record a podcast episode to tell our community all about it. While we have advanced so far in diagnosis and treatment over the 30 plus years that the association has been in existence, there's still so far to go and so many avenues we can take to get there but it takes an army of dedicated people, and that's where the ambassador program comes in. Already, our volunteer ambassadors are working hard to help us advance in all the four areas that serve as pillars to the program, support, education awareness, research, and advocacy. So if you'd like to learn more about what the new ambassador program is, what ambassadors are already doing or could be doing, and how to get involved yourself in the fight against histiocytosis, then keep listening, because in this episode, we'll address all of these things and more. So let's get started. Hello, and a very special welcome to our Histio community and listeners. I know that I say this about every episode, but today's is a very special one because today we're introducing our brand new, recently launched ambassador program and sharing with you everything you need to know about it. But before we get started, let me introduce our guests to you. Today, I have with me two association staff members, Kristen Nessenson, our Director of Community Relations and Fundraising, and Melinda Atnip, our Outreach Program Coordinator, as well as two of our volunteer new ambassadors, Tammy Cummings and Michelle Fay. So ladies, I want to welcome all of you to the podcast. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for having us. Hi, Kathy. Kathy. (laughs) The, um, The launch of the ambassador program is very exciting because it's not every day that we get to launch a new program and offer a new way for the community to get involved. So, um, Kristen, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the program and what it is exactly and how it came to be. Absolutely. Uh, we're really excited about the uh, the launch of the ambassador program. I think it would be important to, to share um, really how it came about. Um, so I'd just like to start there. So one of the things we hear from patients and families is that they often feel isolated and alone after they've been diagnosed or their loved one's been diagnosed with a histiocytic disorder. And while we have made a ton of progress in the, in the world of histiocytosis, um, that's still one thing we struggle with today um, is how can we address that feeling of isolation and how can we provide support and connection to individuals wherever they're located? So from that, from those feelings, we, we, we dreamt up what would become the Histio Ambassador Program. Histio Ambassadors are individuals that give their time and energy in support of the mission of the Histiocytosis Association. They act as a local resource for newly diagnosed patients and their families, and uh, they may coordinate a fundraiser or organize a community awareness event. But most importantly, the Histio Ambassadors are individuals who have firsthand experience navigating a histiocytic disorders diagnosis, and they want to help. So with that, we recognized that we wanted those boots on the ground, you know, within a region. So it was important that we are based in New Jersey. However, we wanted someone that um, may be in their particular community um, because we often hear, I've never heard of this. I, I don't know anyone else. Um, there's no one else in the clinic. And this would provide someone that may have uh, maybe closer in their region. So we're hoping to have an ambassador in every state, perhaps. And this would provide that support um, right there in their their own community. This has been basically on our wish list, if you will, of programs to launch. And anytime you are uh, thinking about launching a program or or starting a new program, it requires funding. So um, just to be plain and simple. So one of the first things we had to do was um, identify funding opportunities to help us launch this program. So with that, we we started about looking for, you know, a possible partner in this. And we were lucky enough to identify 
one of our friends and generous supporters, uh, Investors Foundation, the Investors Bank Foundation, excuse me. And they were really excited to hop on board and they recognized the importance of this program and what it could provide for the community um, at that time of diagnosis. So that's where, that's where we started. And once we received that funding, we started uh, this process of planning what that would look like. And we realized that um, before we got, before we were ready to launch, that we had to put some structure in place so that everybody could get uh, the most out of this, uh, this program. We also recognized that we needed, we needed some talent behind that, someone that could really jump in and provide the passion and dedication. So we, we found that we needed a special individual that could come in and help us facilitate this program. So we set about uh, looking to identify that person. And lo and behold, we found a member of our community that, that just checked off all the boxes of, of what this program is and what it could be. And with that, we, we found Melinda Atnip, our outreach program assistant. And Melinda has been amazing getting this program ready to launch. And I'm going to let her speak a little bit about it as well. So at that point, uh, they had, they spoke with me and it started with myself finding this application out there to develop this program. And it had you know, kind of like the check boxes of what you've done before in your past and what, what they're looking for. And first and foremost, uh, my, my husband was diagnosed with Erdheim Chester disease. So I have that passion right there and that drive, just like all of the other ambassadors, we are all connected through this disease. So right there, I, I was, I really wanted to do something. And then through my, my experience working with nonprofits in the past, I knew I was like, well, I had this experience. Well, if we had this disease, I really want to do something about it. So went about and met Kristen and Deanna and a few of the board members, and it just was a perfect fit. So at that point, I was not sure where the direction of the program was going. I had a structure, but then at that point, the first thing I decided to do, I said, I need to talk to individuals that are out there. I need to talk to the patients and the caregivers and the parents and the spouses to direct and derive this program. I need to see what they need and what is important to everyone. So this is part of the process. I was given the structure. And then at that point, uh, in January of this year, I spoke to about 25 people all over the United States, all walks of life, all ages, all diseases represented, all histiocytic diseases represented. Next, I also spoke with other nonprofit rare disease programs that already had similar programs in place. And I was just so surprised about the response from not only the individuals that were affected by rare disease, but also the, the, uh, how generous all of these other organizations were to me to share their program with me. So with that, I, I was able to gather all the information from all of the people all over the United States, the individuals, the people that are affected by rare disease. And I was trying to hone in on what exactly should this program look like. And I wanted it to be doable and we needed to get it started. So that's when we started coming up with the structure. And then Deanna and Kristen and myself, we would go back and forth. And then we had individuals who I, I had spoken with in in January, I had them look over the requirements. I would say, is this doable? Is this too much? We go, so I would go back and forth and we would edit back and forth and discuss and talk. And then we got to the point we were happy with it. We felt like this was doable. So then we, we, we launched the application in March. So that is where it began and where it is now. Excellent. Well, Kristen, you brought up a point earlier that I think is really important to kind of emphasize, and that is um, how crucial it is that um, we have the partners to help us with the endeavors that we have. And it's just so appreciated and important that that Investors Bank kind of saw the importance of this program and decided to become a partner in our mission to, to, to bring this forward. 
So a special thank you to investors and to all our partners for all our programs, because we, we really could not do it with, without, without our partners. And then additionally, to have the Histio community come alongside and say, this is something really important to us and something that we feel really needs uh, some attention and is worth you know, investing time in. So it's so important to have the partners. So we, we, we want to make sure that we recognize them and thank them for all of their efforts and, uh, and uh, their, their uh, financial donations and things like that to make things like this happen. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about what an ambassador is. What kinds of things will they be expected to do, and what are the expectations of an ambassador? All, all of the ambassadors that we have met so far, all are very motivated, driven individuals that are dedicated to being a part of our our support team. They also want to bring forward that patient voice. And they just all, they all just have this sense of urgency where they just really want to do something. So that's how I see our ambassadors. It just, you just talk to them and you just know right away they're ready to do something. They're, they're a passionate group of individuals. I would, I would agree with you. And they, they can help us uh, through their passion to spread awareness and spread education of these of all of the disorders. Um, uh, each of the um, histiocytic disorders are represented in the, the first group of ambassadors that uh, are coming through. And they're, uh, you know, our hope is that they'll be out there in their communities um, spreading histio awareness and providing educational materials to um, doctors in their region at institutions close by, and that they'll be available to support other patients and families as needed. That's one of the big pieces here that we've heard from most, if not all of the uh, current candidates for to be an ambassador is that is that they do, they, they have support to provide. They have, you know, they can comfort um, individuals and provide that connection. The connection is so crucial for, for the ambassadors and for the other members of the community, most especially the, the newly diagnosed who, you know, there's a wealth of information and support out there in those who, who are already living this, this experience. So what makes a good ambassador? I believe a good ambassador is someone who uses their skills, their personal experience, and their passion to spread histio awareness and to make a bigger impact on the lives of those affected by any of the histiocytic disorders. Right, right. You know, we can we can go so much further, so much faster when we have an army of people, an army of, of patients and family members and caregivers that are willing to join in the fight, to jump in and to push the needle a little further. And that includes not only research, which is very important, but also as far as, like you were saying, awareness, education, advocacy, all of those things. So again, it's a, it's a program that we're really excited about. What I would love to know is um, what you have set as um, some of the requirements that someone must fulfill in order to become an ambassador. The requirements for the Histio ambassadors this year are as follows. The role of the Histio ambassador will last for one year. So it's a one-year commitment. The ambassadors will uh, attend two Histio ambassador meetups. Those will be virtual at this time. We would love to have face-to-face regional meetings, but right now, uh, we're just required to have go to two meetings. We were, we were, are planning on having the meetings once a month, so they'll have plenty of opportunities. So just requiring two meetings. Next, they'll be required to go to two educational webinars, pre-recorded or live. Several opportunities are already there on the website for them to watch and listen the educational webinars. We feel that it's important that our ambassadors educate themselves on not only the disorder that has affected them, but the other disorders as well. And lastly, we're asking them to host or co-host an awareness support activity event. So they will figure out what their focus is, whether it's support, awareness, education, research, or advocacy, and they'll define their audience and decide where they go from there. So those are the three requirements for their, their year term as an ambassador. So the, the way to become an ambassador, a histiocytosis association ambassador, 
is you would first apply on our website. So you go to www.histio.org and you go to the, I believe it's the get involved tab. And then you go to job and volunteer opportunities is the drop down and it's right there. It says apply today. If you would like to apply, there's also an example of you can download the profile of what an ambassador is. A lot of the things that we're talking about today, it's there. You can download that. That's what you would first do is apply. Now, if you're not sure if you want to apply, you can almost always email all of us um, or you can go to outreach at histio.org and email us there. If you just want to have a conversation with us via email or Zoom first, uh, because you want, you are inquiring about it before you decide to hit that apply button. You, know, you apply, and then at that point, we'll set up an interview with you. So two of us from the association would interview the ambassadors. Then at that point, you'll know a little bit more. It's more of a conversation. We've probably already met you before. A lot of our ambassadors are people that we've already met and already we already have this relationship. It doesn't have to be that way. Like I said, you can talk to us first before you apply. Anyhow, once we have that interview, it's more of a conversation. And so we'll go through that. After that, you'll decide if this is the right fit for you. And if it's the right fit for us, then we'll send you an agreement. And at that point, you'll sign your agreement. We'll sign ours, just our obligation to each other. And then at that point, each ambassador will be sent a self-guided training. And they'll go through that training And then they'll have a final evaluation at the end of that and then submit their final evaluation for their their final stage in becoming a Histio ambassador. So that's the process. Great. And I will definitely um, link all of those things in the show notes. So it'll be easy for anyone to find who's interested in applying or getting more information. So once uh, someone becomes an ambassador, what, what kinds of resources are available to them? Well, they will first and foremost have access to the histiocytosis team, which will help them with part of their activity requirement that I'll get to later, but they'll, uh, they'll have resources there. Uh, also, each individual ambassador will be given their own histio.org email account. So that will also help connect them with each other. So they can communicate and start helping each other in their different regions. Because of this virtual world that we live in now, it is so much easier to connect with one another. And we want our ambassadors to also feel like they're on a team, you know, the, the Histio team, that, they're, that you're, we're all part of this together and we're here to support each other. So not only will they have the association team, but they will also have each other to support. Great. And so far, I know this is a brand new program, but so far, how many ambassadors do you have and what kind of work will they be doing? So, so far, we have 17 people that have applied. We have wow. 15 ambassadors that have gone through all of the steps. Uh, we are finalizing the training, actually, as we speak right now. So they're all waiting to finish the, you know, for, for us to complete that. We have 16 that are almost the one other person's almost to that, that other point. So that's how many people we have so far. Uh, One thing I wanted to add was brainstorming ideas that ambassadors have come up with over the last few months, as I've been speaking with them to give you an idea of some of the things that they're planning on doing based off of the four pillars of our mission statement. So for example, under uh, support, if that's a priority for them, they have discussed having Histio hangouts to support for support gatherings for patients or caregivers. This can be virtual or face-to-face, whichever they feel comfortable with. Uh, They could moderate disease-specific chats virtually, and we can assist them with that. These could be Histio patients, caregivers, bereavement support groups adult histio patient groups, our teen parent group. We've also talked about hospital outreach, handing out care bags or pamphlets for newly diagnosed patients. Uh, We've also talked about a nurse navigator program. We have uh, several nurses, people with medical backgrounds that 
are interested in being ambassadors who would like to help patients with med speak and understanding how to decipher what a doctor is saying to them and how to navigate through that process. Uh, we also have our ambassadors are also editing some of our, helping us edit some of our documents that are going out to patients and caregivers. Uh, some educational awareness events. We had talked about even having a health fair at a child's school, maybe on rare disease, <clears throat> maybe a little pop-up like that. Some of our ambassadors are very interested in research and participating in a survivorship study. Others are very interested in advocacy and collaborating with the Nord organization on rare disease to assist with policies on Capitol Hill. So as you can see, there's a variety of awareness support activities that each ambassador can create and do just depending on what is most important to them at the time. So there's a lot of room for um, people to be um, to, to really hone in on what it is that interests them and to develop and create what they want their ambassadorship service to look like. Yes, there is. And we're very excited about that opportunity for them. As we brainstorm, we just, we, there's so many ideas that we come up with that sometimes their requirement is only one support awareness activity, but some of our ambassadors have about five or six that they are already uh, wanting to do or wanting to start. So us just honing in on that one activity gives everyone an opportunity to contribute and to become an ambassador without it being too overwhelming to require them to do more than they're able to do. All right. Well, I think that this is a great time to talk to our guest ambassadors. So um, Tammy and Michelle, I would love to hear a little bit about both of you, about um, your Histio journeys and what inspired you to uh, become part of the ambassador program. Tammy, do you want to go first? Um, yes, Kathy, thank you. Um, a little bit about my story. My son was diagnosed with LCH in uh, October of 2018 um, at 10 years old. And coincidentally, um, his best friend's mom was a nurse and knew of another family locally who actually knew the little boy from previous that has LCH as well. And it was so helpful to have a conversation with her before we traveled from Montana over to Seattle to just kind of wrap my head around what we were about to walk into. And I think that that is it was just huge to get information from her kind of made things a little less scary and great to hear their success story, which I think was really big. And as soon as my son went into remission in um, November of 2019, and at that point I talked with a friend about starting maybe a nonprofit to help families like navigate the medical system and know what questions to ask. And, and we talked at length about doing it. And then COVID happened and we kind of stopped talking about it. So when the opportunity came through in the newsletter from the Histio Association for this ambassador program, it was kind of something I had been wanting to do for the last couple of years. And it was just this like manifested in front of me. Mm, great. And Michelle, we'd love to hear a little bit about you as well. Well, my story is a little bit different. Um, it was actually my husband who was diagnosed in 2018 and unfortunately lost his battle. And there was nobody who had even heard about HLH. So we had been flown over to uh, Seattle, uh, multiple diagnosis, because normally this is not something a grown man comes down with. So my passion and my journey started the moment we actually got a diagnosis and um, I, I am a medical professional and my husband also uh, was a firefighter paramedic. So medically trained and how many times he said to me, could you imagine negotiating this with no medical background? Cause we're struggling with a medical background. And when they wrote this big long word out on the board, I was like, hold on, let me Google that. Cause I, I was, totally lost and overwhelmed. So I actually, my journey actually has a little kind of funny twist. I did a stair climb in his honor and had previously connected with Kirsten, um, who had given me literature to hand out. And um, the American Lung Association let me 
graciously climb basically as a unofficial ambassador of Histio and tell my story and take pictures and hand out literature because everyone was like a HLH is, you know, nobody again had heard of it. So then I waited for years <laughs> for this program to come about. So when it was finally happening, I grabbed the opportunity and my passion is that no one should ever go through this journey alone because it was rough. We had, um, 63 official doctors and 93 unofficially following the case because Mm -hmm. I invited everybody in for education. One of our docs is a a teacher here at WSU. And so I stay in contact because my hope is I will bridge that gap in the medical world because no one in Spokane had ever even seen HLH. And so we were completely lost and it was a pretty horrifying feeling to be all alone because nobody knew what to do. Right. Can so, I add that, um, that Michelle was um, probably, uh, she really helped us move along a little bit more in the, in the ambassador program, because for, for lack of better words, you were relentless. You were definitely, your interest was relentless and, um, and really helped us move this along. So, um, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate your passion. Both of you. Speaks to the power of our community. Once again, We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll hear more from both Tammy and Michelle about the work they're already doing, the things they have planned, and the vision for the Ambassador Program moving forward. We'll be right back. The Histiocytosis Association is thrilled to partner with Practice Point Communications and Rush University Medical Center to offer a live webcast for healthcare professionals on diagnostic considerations for optimizing successful outcomes in HLH. This course will be held on May 10th and is hosted by Dr. Michelle Hermanson. Through the support of SOBI Incorporated, there is no charge for this accredited continued medical education course. Both U.S.-based healthcare providers and international healthcare providers are encouraged to participate, and generally all can receive one credit by submitting certificate of completion to your licensing board. If you'd like to register, please reach out to outreach at histio.org, and we can send you a flyer. You can also find out more information on our social media. We hope to see you on May 10th for a live virtual webcast for healthcare providers on diagnostic considerations for optimizing successful outcomes in HLH. If you're not a healthcare provider, please feel free to share this with your local care teams or institutions in your area. Thank you. Hello, Histio community. Do you live near Oklahoma or in the Midwest? Do you enjoy walking or running for a great cause? If so, the Histio Run in memory of Jeffrey White is the event for you. Grab some friends and register to run or walk in this fun 5K. Families from all over the area come together to walk or run in honor and in memory of Histio Warriors. It's a beautiful opportunity to come together with your community, to meet other Histio families, and to participate in a fun activity. We hope to see you there on May 21st near Oklahoma in the Midwest. Visit our website and navigate to fundraising events to learn more. Don't delay. Dust off your running shoes and start training today. Welcome back to part two of my conversation about the Histiocytosis Association's brand new ambassador program. Stay tuned to hear more about this incredible program and the passion and determination behind it. So tell me, um, both of you, what does it mean to you to be an ambassador and to have this new opportunity to get involved? Um, To be an ambassador to me is a way of giving back, turning something that was terrifying and horrific into giving to other people and making it, taking something positive from it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. For me, 
Mm, sorry. Still very emotional. But for me, it's not, it's more than giving back. I actually promised Dave, my husband, that this is something that I would do. So for me, it's supporting and loving others and fulfilling a promise. And um, it's just, like I said, my heart that uh, nobody else would ever be alone. Right, right. So important. So through our conversation, it, it's become clear that the main pillars of ambassadorship include support, education and awareness, research and advocacy. So I would love to hear from each of you which area um, right now is most important to you and which you feel like you'll focus on primarily. Can I chime in just a second? So I actually signed up to be an ambassador also, even <laughs> though I'm creating the program. So I would understand also because I, I also feel passionate about where I am because I'm in California and we really struggled with the same things that they're talking about with my husband's Erdheim-Chester disease diagnosis, finding a doctor that knew anything about his steocytosis. So one of my thing, one of my missions is to educate the medical community here somehow, some way. And it's, it's either care centers, uh, having regional meetings, trying to connect with the medical community, bringing doctors together so they understand. And the thing with the histiocytosis association, I feel like maybe somebody will listen to me more if I'm talking about six diseases instead of just one really rare disease. So, mm-hmm. uh, and also three of us here are representing three different of the histiocytic diseases. Like mine, mine's ECD, Michelle's is HLH and Tammy's is LCH. So, but they're all a little, it's all about that histiocyte that's kind of uh, misbehaving in their body somewhere. So that's an easy term, easy way to put it. Anyhow, so that's one of, that's one of my missions that I've always felt is educating the medical community. Tammy? I think it's hard to pick between any of them. Um, I think they're all extremely important. I mean, advocacy, support, awareness, education. I kind of feel like they all go together too. So it's hard to pick one. I think awareness. Well, one of the things that I noticed is that um, my son's oncologist was not on the Histio Association website, which I was like, why is he not on there? Um, And so we realized he thought that um, because he was part of the Histio Society, he was automatically included on there. And so that was something that now they can reach out to doctors and let them know that they actually need to agree to be on the Histia Association website as well. So now he's on there. Um, So I just feel like things will come in and, you know, might be support one month and then it might be education another month. And and I think they're just going to all be really important. And it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. Can I add, um, just because it just seems like the right time that, um, you know, what, what Tammy mentioned, uh, this physician in particular, um, it, it also has a snowball effect because, um, Tammy put me in contact with the doctor. So from that, we've had multiple conversations now with between the organization and her son's doctor. And uh, it's also helping us to facilitate our Histio Warrior care bags, um, getting them into the hands of their child life specialists. So it just is really cool that by spreading awareness or sharing of information that it just snowballs and more great progress comes out of it. So I thought it was a great opportunity to share that with, with Tammy and everyone that, that, you know, one small, one small thing um, just is, it can just flourish and uh, bloom into something larger. So. And Michelle. I'm, I'm kind of like Tammy, you know, this, this is, it's all interrelated and interlinked. One thing I love about this program is there's been the recognition that we all have the same passion, but different talents in different areas that we would like to contribute to this. Obviously I'm an advocate. I'm a patient advocate. I'm a nurse. Um, so I will advocate as some doctors found out to, um, I don't really pull many punches. I'm pretty straightforward. So I will use that and comfort and um, I would like to facilitate some grief groups um, and mainly be there for the patients uh, and their families. 
I also, um, I love the, the bags idea. I rescue dogs. And so I brought the idea of Histio hounds because um, I had the experience, obviously I'm an animal lover, but when um, at the fallen firefighter memorial, as I walked up, I saw this, this bridge of dogs and I thought, well, that's kind of odd. So I asked, and that's what they're like, oh, these dogs are here for you. And they were specific for us. Um, and I would like to bring my passion for animals and, and, and um, their comfort to the table as well. So, but education, 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 I was just stumped. I think one day we had 23 diagnoses until I mm -hmm. was at my wits end. And I was like, please do not come in here unless you have something legit because every time they would come in, it was so upsetting. Mm -hmm. And then I would call my family. Okay. This is what Dave's got. And I just remember the whirlwind of nobody knowing um, until finally nurse practitioner figured out it was the little histiocyte, you know, causing problems. And um, I, I am a strong believer in education and bringing doctors. I will speak to anybody about why this is important, you know, and if you see these signs, because maybe had we not taken almost four months to figure out a diagnosis, it, the outcome could have been different. Nice. So, and of course to the first responders, because I do believe there is a link. And so I am researching and reaching out to first responders um, primarily. Excellent. You know, I think these days we're really starting to see a movement toward a more um, patient driven approach which I think is really, really cool and really beneficial to um, being able to get, like you're saying, earlier diagnoses and better treatments. And hopefully eventually our mission is a cure for these diseases. So um, that's where this, this program comes in um, and is a really fantastic thing because another another way that, that this moves forward more quickly is because of the association's uh, relationship with the Histiocyte Society and um, just how close that relationship is. So what we're doing on the ambassador side, we can very easily then bring over to the society side and let the doctors know exactly what the patients and family members are thinking and where they feel like the gaps are. So I think that that makes this even a more powerful program because you know, there are not a lot of organizations that have that close relationship between the family organization and the, the, the doctors that are doing the research. So it'll be exciting to see where this goes and um, how, how much further and more quickly we can, we can move forward. Um, if I may add something um, that kind of relates to that about like awareness and education and how important it is. My son's primary care doctor was, he had a, my son presented with a, a tumor on his zygomatic arch and he was pretty like, yeah, we should figure it out, but fairly lackadaisical about it. Um, referred us to an ENT who, um, who was not at all. And really was just like, we need to get a biopsy. We need to do this. And, and really was very urgent about it. Um, and after the fact, um, after my son was diagnosed, I found out that he had seen another little girl that is local that has LCH the week before he initially saw Kirk. And he asked the mom a ton of questions about LCH. So I kind of feel like it was in the back of his mind when, when Kirk came to him. Whereas if he hadn't just had that conversation with that mom a week before, I feel like um, our diagnosis would have taken a lot longer. And, and again, that's why I feel like being an ambassador and bringing this awareness and education to our communities is, is extremely important. I'd like to add to that too, that um, being part of the medical community, I am excited finally, finally, that law is actually requiring that we move to a patient-driven, patient-centered, value-based outcome instead of a procedure-based outcome. So I think that along with education is going to drive that we look, I cannot tell you how many times I say, 
please look at him as a person. We've got 25 disciplines looking at him 25 different ways, but they forgot about all the integrated stuff. And they they forgot about all um, the CAM. I brought in all the, the CAM-related um, processes to help with healing when, because I was in charge of his care. So I'm, I'm excited as a medical professional to see that because insurances are, are demanding that the, the American medical system change to that model so that we give better quality of care. And hopefully with that education and us being out there supporting that we will see earlier diagnosis, because as my doctor said, that is absolute key instead of putting it off. Well, he, you know, he was this and he was that. Yes. So it really snowballed into people again, didn't have that sense of urgency and just thought, Oh, well, it's just, in fact, famous last words of a doctor was, well, look at him. He looks fine to me. Mm. And again, I couldn't understand what this physician was even talking about because a, I know him because I, you know, and, and they, it was, it, it's almost like they overlook patients at some time because they're so busy. They have to see so many patients in a day. So I'm, I'm happy that that is starting to happen. So I think we're coming in with the program at such a great time because all these changes are going to be made in the medical community. And it's going to be a great um, marrying of those two processes that I think will become earlier diagnosis and urgency. Absolutely. I love that you said that, that, um, you know, you need to look at this as a person and, and, and the whole person and, and how everything is integrated. And, you know, nobody knows a person better than themselves or their, their closest loved ones. And, you know, to be able to go into a doctor's office and say, this is not normal for this person and for them to take it seriously, I think is um, really key to, to being able to push these things forward and to, and to find these earlier diagnoses and cures. So great, great point. I would, um, I would love to hear from both of you. You're, you're kind of, um, biggest dream that you have right now for the ambassador program? Like what, what is it that you would like to personally take on and, and see come to pass with this? My biggest dream, I am not sure. Um, I mean, raising awareness in our community and, and just being able to provide some comfort and allowing other families that are going through this to know that they're not alone to be able to answer questions or just listen, um, I think is huge to have somebody to talk to that understands where you're coming from. Like a a big thing for me, like with my son is he's not a typical 13 year old. He's been through so much. He doesn't relate to other kids his age and, and talking with the other parents that I know here that children have LCH you know, their kids are the same way. So it's nice to know that he's going through a normal process through through for what he's already been through in his life. So yeah, I just feel like I hope I can help somebody else just navigate the whole process. That's a pretty tall question. So (laughs) awareness, awareness. So when a, a doc or a nurse practitioner or a medical professional sees certain signs that their mind goes, oh, okay, because they, you know, this was not on anybody's radar because nobody even knew about it. No one in Spokane had ever even worked with it. Right. And we have teaching hospitals and that's pretty stunning to me. So I don't want it to be as my best friend who's a doc in California said, this is something we only read about in a textbook. I want this to be something when you see it, you recognize it immediately and you start some testing you go down that rabbit hole to see if that's what it is just like you would cancer or any other disease process that is more normal that we would suspect um obviously like i said i have a a big heart for our first responders and our firefighters which i have found several now um so i want to bridge a gap with them and bring awareness to every station in this state that they would know that if they start feeling these things to ask their doctor to do some testing so that we don't lose another firefighter. Um, Again, that was a promise that, you know, Dave said, if you can save one of my brothers, that would be worth 
what I have gone through. So him bring some teaching doctors on board. Um, I also have a heart, obviously, for um, grieving families who didn't have a positive outcome. And I would like to start, whether it's virtual or in person, to be that support and to have regular meetings um, so that nobody's alone in their grief process because it can be very isolating and devastating to not have somebody to lean on. Absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, for all of your insights and everything that you've shared with me so far. Um, Melinda, I have a final question for you as the person who's kind of um, developing and running this program. What would you say is your vision for the future of the ambassador program? Where do you see it going and where do you see it doing, becoming? Well, from the beginning, I have this vision of a map with uh, blue ribbons all over the map <laughs> with representing individuals that can provide support for other people that are also passionate people that want to drive education to ultimately help with research for early diagnosis and an eventual cure. We'll start with the United States first, and that would be amazing if we could branch out to the world and have blue ribbons all over the world, but it would be a place to go on the association website and they could click on a button and there's this person in my region who's been through this or who's willing to talk to me and they can reach out that way. Also, because we have so many different types of individuals, we could end up having different categories of ambassadors because there are some ambassadors they really support as their number one and they want to be part of the support network. That support network could be uh, regional face-to-face meetings. It could be moderating a virtual meeting once a month. It uh, could just be part of the the Histio hotline number to help us on our website connect with people right away. Uh, We have people that are specifically interested in medical research and helping with the studies. For example, latent effects. They had this disease when they were children, they want to know if it's affecting them now and how it's going to affect their adult life. So we might have people specifically working as research ambassadors. So, you know, each one, each category of importance, the support, education, awareness, the advocacy and the research. So there's just not enough time in the day (laughs) to get it all done. Right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up by doing what we do at the end of every podcast. I'm going to give each of you the opportunity to um, to share any final thoughts or comments that you have and um, to speak directly to the Histio community. So just jump in if there's anything you want to share and uh, we would love to hear it. So my final thoughts are that with this Histio ambassador community, I'm going to go back to the very beginning um, when it started 38 years ago with Jeff Tohill. It was one family that started at the kitchen table. Their daughter was diagnosed with LCH. They felt alone. They didn't know what to do. And there was, the doctors didn't know what was going on. So he started that association just himself and his wife for their daughter. So it was mainly the first pillar of just not wanting people to feel alone. I think we've all said that, you know, and then doctors not knowing we've come so far since then. And my last parting words were this, this Margaret Mead quote to inspire everyone. Uh, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. I'd like to add to that, that um, I'm thanking the Histio community for letting us be your ambassadors. It will be humbling um, to serve um, all of those areas that, that you need to be served. I would encourage people. Um, I'm a big book proponent of please give feedback. If there's something that you need that we're not meeting as your ambassadors, please reach out to us. Um, I am making myself available, you know, basically 24 seven. I want to know what you guys need because when I deal with clients and patients, you know, it's, it's not about me. It's about what do you need? And I want to be the best ambassador. And 
I would like to close with a quote from Gandhi, be the change. So we will be the change and may we eradicate Istio. Um, yes, I would like to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this amazing group of people. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, one thing that I would really like to see happen that I was thinking about recently is I wish that um, I had been pointed towards the Histio Association when my son was diagnosed. You know, I happened upon it, I think, looking for a sweatshirt, <laughs> like something to support. And I think that it would be wonderful if we could let all these doctors out there know, you know, when people are diagnosed with a histio disease, that there is this amazing place where they can go and get support. Um, well, I guess, you know, I would, my final thought would have been um, the Margaret Mead quote as well. Um, but how do you follow that? Um, how do you follow Gandhi and Margaret Mead? And I just, I want to thank Michelle and Tammy for trusting us and kind of helping us move this uh, super important program forward. Um, this program is for the community. Um, it's for each of you to feel the impact of your experience and and to be able to give back. And we hope that you'll uh, also take something from it for yourself. So thank you so much. And you know, we're we're looking forward to um, to working together to to be there and impact um, all of the all of the newly diagnosed patients and their families and those that have been on this journey for a long time. So thank you so much. And thank you, Kathy, for um, highlighting this program. Um, we're really excited about it. Absolutely. Well, once again, I just want to thank all of you for being here, for spending your time with us, for, for telling us all about the Ambassador Program and getting the word out there. I do hope that, that, that our listeners are moved by this and are touched by this and uh, choose to become ambassadors themselves and, and to, like Michelle said, that Gandhi said to be the change that they want to see in the Histio world. So um, thank you all for being here. And um, I just uh, can't wait to release this episode and see the feedback that we get. So thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it. What an exciting program that's accomplishing such crucial work. From the beginning, the association has always valued its partnership and collaboration with you, the members of our Histio community. And now with the Ambassador Program, we're inviting you into greater service so we can accomplish so much more within each of the four pillars of support, education awareness, research, and advocacy, each of them foundational to our mission, each of them being taken on by our amazing ambassadors. As mentioned, it is our goal to have at least one ambassador in every state and eventually take this program global. So if this episode moved you to want to get involved in a meaningful and significant way, be sure to check out the show notes for all the information you need to connect with us and get started. I hope you found value in today's episode and are encouraged to become an ambassador yourself. If you liked this episode, please consider leaving a review, sharing with a friend, leaving us a comment, or taking a screenshot of the episode and tagging us on Instagram at histiocytosis underscore association. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode of Beyond the Diagnosis is released. Remember, we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, you can email it to podcast at histio.org and put podcast idea in the subject line. For links to websites, studies, articles, or other resources referenced in today's episode, be sure to check the show notes. As always, we've so enjoyed bringing you this episode of the podcast and look forward to sharing our next episode coming soon. Until then... Take good care.